sports fans, welcome to episode 20 of State of My Sports. That's State of MI Sports. We talk about the teams we love and you love in this great state of Michigan. Stay in touch with us on our social media, State of MI Sports, on Instagram and Twitter. Also like our Facebook page with the same name, State of MI Sports. We want to know what you like, what you dislike, and what you want to hear, and let us know your opinion on all our topics. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you're alerted when a new episode is out and share us with your friends to help us grow our audience. Episode 20, we're going to talk about the state of our football teams here in this great state of Michigan. We will let you know what we liked, what we disliked on Michigan State, Michigan, and the Detroit Lions. We will also look ahead to next week, uh, Michigan State versus uh, Arizona State, and the Detroit Lions home opener against the Los Angeles Chargers. And we also make our weekly picks against the spread and also have some beer grades for you. I am Sam Waldhart, and with me today is Kyle Fossey, Micah Smith and Ryan Waldhart from Switzerland. Uh, Travis is a no-go tonight, but Ryan coming in clutch from Switzerland is, is pretty darn cool. So, Ryan, how's the business trip going? What you have anything fun to share with us? Uh, yeah, so far it's been going great. Uh, got in about a week ago, Wednesday. I, all these days just blend together. I don't know. Like when I check the sports apps right now, every game is split up between yesterday and today because my time is six hours different <laughs> so crazy. super confusing all the time i never know <laughs> what day it is um but yeah so far i mean man put in a couple of really long days of work but then we've had a weekend um got to go climb a mountain look at a really cool town uh tonight spent some time in france walking around going to a wine tasting nice is it oh man, good? yeah, the wine is great. So this place that we went to, the wine, the vineyard that we went to, is in multiple uh, Michelin two or two Michelin restaurants in France. Okay. So if you're not fam- if you're not familiar, it's soup. It's it's like uh, the highest rating you can get for a restaurant. Like Gordon okay. Ramsay has a couple, right? Right. Yeah. And the ultimate goal is they get to three Michelin. There's there's I don't know really select limited restaurants out there in the entire world that have wow. that so if you're going to get anything michelin rated at all that's like top notch yeah top dollar too so this, <laughs> vin- this vineyard's just this little place and we went and sampled probably eight to ten wines and yeah it was a great time i mean man this is that's a awesome. lot is, of pictures is, so this is probably gonna be a really stupid question but are they more famous for red wine or white wine it's it's all white wine it's all white place. wine Yep. Right. Yep. Because because of the location, uh, it's okay. too cold for a red wine. So usually, if you're going to get a nice red wine, you'd have to go farther south, and that's why Italy is kind of you know known for that because they have the weather, the heat for it. Gotcha. So, Kyle, with, Kyle was nodding when I was saying this is probably going to be a stupid question. So Kyle, was yeah, that a stupid yeah. question? It was. Okay. I, I don't know that that was that bad. No, I don't think it was too bad. <laughs> I don't think it was too bad. <laughs> you were just convinced. If I'm going to say that, you're like, yeah, it's going to be. Like, I thought, you just, you if are... he's going to call it out, I'm just going to agree with him. Why yeah. would I agree with him? Uh, Wait, hang so, on. Is so red other... actually red? <laughs> Confirmed, yes. Yes. <laughs> Let me Google so, that a second. I'll throw one more thing out there, too. So uh, what, another cool thing that I learned with this trip is that um, – in order to, to achieve certain status in, in France or anywhere really in Switzerland, you get this stamp of approval for the conditions that have to be met. So sometimes you have to have a certain um, direction that, that the, the vineyard faces. So if you're on the south side of a mountain, for example, you get a certain amount of, of exposure to the sun. 
And so you have to have that in order to achieve the type of grapes that they're looking for in order to get certified for, for that wine. And then other times you have to have like a certain, um, uh, pitch to the mountain that you're on. So if you're like on a 70% slant, then you get the perfect amount of sun for each one and and a type of soil. So it's really cool. There's a, a lot going into it. Yeah, uh, the guy that hosted hosted us was awesome and paid for the whole thing. It was great. That's awesome. I I wish I could be like really into wine, but I just I have a hard time. I like box wine just as good more times than not. But. Yeah, we'll see. That's all I have to say. We'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kyle, last time we talked, you said you had a couple of your sons had had birthdays coming up this weekend. How how did that go? Excellent. We get with you know Gus turned one, so he didn't have much of an opinion. Uh, but Vince, my five-year-old wanted to go to Dutch village, um, which being like, my mom is like right off the boat. So as kids, we <laughs> always had to go there. Uh, and so it was good. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I, I yeah. know I was texting you, Sam, like, Ugh, like, but they got the swings out there, the carousel, the everything else. And then, um, a lot of the stuff is in Dutch and my mom was there and Dutch was her first language. Oh, so, wow. I didn't know she was that, really? that attached to it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, when she she started, in they didn't get to Grand Rapids until she was seven. Okay. And she started school in, like, Kentwood with no English. Oh, that must have been tough. Like, and obviously, this is a long time ago, but I'm like, they do that to you? Just, like, pop you in school? You don't even speak the language? Like, <laughs> so That's <it's>, crazy. <laughs> you can survive so no, this. You can survive anything. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Almost anything, yeah. You can dodge no, a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we had another birthday, Micah. You, your birthday was on Saturday. And we, you guys did a little bit of a – tell us to tell the audience what you guys did. I was there, so. You certainly were. Yeah. I missed, missed the other two. Oh, yeah. Well, because the third showed up. Travis showed up a little he bit. He did, he did. Later. To that, actually. Um, Not this, but. No, we, we had a great time. Uh, we like doing this semi-annual beers and bikes thing. So there's a pub peddler downtown, but instead of spending uber amounts of money to ride the pub peddler, we just hop on our own bikes now and ride pub to pub or bar to bar or brewery to brewery. And it's a lot of fun. We had a, we had a great time, lots of friends, lots of family. It was, it was a really, really nice time. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome time. So do you have uh... – a beer for us tonight, Micah? Well, kind of. I've got a Coppercraft distillery, their gin and tonic in a can. Nice. It's a, it's a thing that I think Sam did, you know, a handful of episodes back. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's definitely not a beer. There's a lot of gin in here, it feels like. So <laughs> we'll see how I'm feeling at the end of the episode. Very generously with the amount of gin they put in that. <laughs> was that good no All right. yeah. let's just move on <laughs> kyle tell everybody what you're drinking tonight so i have from old nation um i think it's from hellas lager it says it's a okay hellas style lager the result of over 100 years of german brewing tradition um yeah so it's a lager of some sort obviously not a but not an ipa or a hazy or anything like that so we'll see how we like it Nice. nice, nice. Ryan, do you have a beer that you're you're gonna grade? I know it's not gonna be Michigan based, but yeah, I do have a beer. Awesome. Yeah, love that. Yeah, so this is a lager beer, also uh, Hellas style. Completely by chance. Beer. Yeah, this is totally random. What? Yeah. That's hilarious. 
Hold on, yeah. you're in Michigan, you're in Switzerland. How did this happen? It's crazy. Uh, I, I know, know, and I, it's weird. I don't, <laughs> and I don't think we've had a single Hella style. Not, I'm not that familiar with it, but like we've never done anything like that before. So, yeah. oh, not at all. Yeah. yeah. Nice job, you too. This, this is of a coincidence. Right, exactly. All right, restart. Oh, hey, sports fans, welcome to episode two. All right, go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, it's a Munich style. That's the last thing I, I have on there. Nice, nice. Um, so f- today I'm drinking from Arvon again. So uh, What? Arvon Brewing Company. I'm going back to back. I did it last episode as well. Uh, Bush Wookie. Um, it's a IPA dry hopped with Chinook. Is that the right word? C-H-I-N-O-O-K. Chinook. Chinook. Schnooks, yeah. So so far so good. Which I mean, that's going to be, you know, a running thing with with Arvon. They I haven't had one that I haven't liked yet. So uh, we'll have a great for it by the end of it. But we'll just we got to get this moving. We got a a, a bus to catch. Ryan does. So we'll just kind of keep plugging along here. So let's let's start with what what happened this weekend. Uh, Michigan versus Army. I'm going to do what I did last time. I'm just kind of kind of go with would break down of the stats. Then we'll just kind of have a little round table of certain things that we liked and disliked and things that are worth talking about. So um, what I have written here is Michigan survived with a 24-21 double overtime comeback victory against Army. Michigan trailed 14-7 to at half, scored the only second-half points – or scored their only second-half points in the third quarter to tie it up. Um, they passed on a couple field goal opportunities, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, they watched Army miss a potential game-winning field goal in regulation. Uh, the teams exchanged touchdowns in the first overtime, and then Moody hit a 43-yard field goal in the second overtime, and the defense came up with a big sack fumble to end the game. Shea went 19 of 29 for 207 passing yards, eight rushes for negative 18 yards, and he had two more fumbles as well. Uh, Charbonnet had, was, I guess, kind of a bright spot. I mean, he had 100 yards rushing, but, I mean, it took him 33 tries to get it, so – um, you do the math there, not, not the best yards per carry. And the, but the, again, the defense was solid, allowing 200 rushing yards, 43 passing yards, forced an interception and two fumble recoveries. Um, I, did you guys have any, like, Mike, I know you were, we were sitting there watching the game together. What, what did you think of the overall game that we saw there? It was a nail-biter, to say the least. Uh, we, were, we were definitely stressed. Uh, honestly... The Zach Charbonnet was probably the highlight, you know, three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah he did have three touchdowns as well. Yeah. And his attempts, I mean, th- those three touchdowns, that won us the game. That It just did. Yeah. He may, I, maybe a boot or two from, from Moody, but aside from that, Charbonnet was the highlight of the points. Uh, the defense looked pretty good. I mean, from, from that second quarter touchdown that Army scored, the defense held them to zero points. Yeah, I, you know, that's, that's something that I had written down. You know, I thought the defense, they made some, some really big plays, really. Um, they, they were good enough. I wouldn't call them elite yet. Nope. Um, but, hey, they are going to be good enough if this offense can get their act together. I, I think that's really the biggest thing. Um, one thing uh, Don Brown kept bringing up was, you know, the first two games of this, this season, they're playing – you know, different types of offenses, you know, the gimmick offense. Um, 
Tennessee, uh, whole, Middle Tennessee is more of like a snap throw type team is what I heard. And then you got obviously the, the army run in the triple option where they just run the ball over and over again. Um, so it sounds like he's pretty confident that once they start playing regular offenses, this defense will really, you know, become the elite offense that we're used to seeing. And to be honest, the, the defense, army right? offense is no joke. That that team overall is no joke. So yeah, no, I agree. So, um, so let's start with the offense here. The offense is a mess, right? You know, yep. outside of Patterson, eight runs of negative eighteen yards. You know, I'm I'm seeing thirty eight rushes to twenty nine passes thrown by Patterson, uh, and one of the passes were by Dylan. So basically, thirty total passes to thirty eight runs. Why, that is not the offense we were promised. That is not the speed and space that I've always been expecting to see for, throughout the, you know, the the off season. That's what we've been hearing all all year long. I mean, Kyle, do you have anything to say about that? Like, I mean, yeah, I thought like I was talking to somebody at work, and it was like all we heard all off season was speed and space, speed and space, and it just that's not what I've seen. Like, I in I think there's as a, as a bigger Michigan State fan who wants to see Michigan still win. I think there's concerns here for sure. Like, we got to be real about it. Yeah. No. Part of me is like, is he not showing his his hand or stuff? Because that was not speed and space. No, I, I agree. And it is a type of team that you might not want to show speed and space against. That's what I'm kind of saying. Like because maybe, the last yeah. thing you want to do is score quick, right? You don't sure. want to score quick against that team because they're going to continue to just wear out your defense. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not – I'm not – I'm – I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying that's what they were doing because what we are seeing is a piss poor f- performance period. It's, yeah, yeah. it's not what we were promised. It's not what we were expecting to see. You should, a speed and space offense should never be running the ball 38 times to 30 passes. There's something we're not, yeah. yeah, there's something we're not being told whether it's a Shea Patterson injury, whether they are keeping the, the, the playbook c- close to the vest or, or whatever say- it is. It's just, yeah, it is fair for Michigan fans to be uneasy about this offense. Yeah, and I would say a little bit upset through two games. I'm I'm pretty uh, upset. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think you're. I was joking on earlier, but like, all right, the ship isn't sinking yet. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, it's like, come on, what's going on here? Like, we should be blowing these teams out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it, look, it's so weird because if if people listen to previous episodes, I was nervous about this game. You know. A month or so before before the season even started, I was like, "Watch out for that Army game! Watch out for that Army game!" And then I, I picked Army to cover, which I know it doesn't mean a whole lot, but I mean, I'm sitting there still pissed off, even though it's exactly what I expected to happen. I, I expected it to be cleaner. I expected it to be um, a little bit, you know, more fun to watch. A little bit more high flying offense. Take advantage of a weaker defense with with your complete athletes on the offense side of the ball. And they did not do that again. I don't know why. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, can we talk real quick that Ryan's been gone for the last seven minutes? (laughs) We did a good job there. We did a great job. But I was just going to say, I didn't know what, if Ryan had a thoughts on the, on the Ryan, what do you think about what we just all said there for the last five or so minutes? (laughs) Comment on what we said. (laughs) No, he's still trying to figure out the sound, I think. So we'll just yeah, kind of keep is. going. Um, another thing I didn't like was was the offensive line. I mean, when are you going to run the yeah. ball 
38 times, and you're supposed to be an elite offense with, you know, true offensive linemen, true athletes that are, you know, supposed to be getting that push against an Army team, which, again, I don't want to discount what Army is. They are a good team. I think so, too. But you should be dominating both line of scrimmages against Army when, when you're Michigan. When you're a, you know, a top, let's just say top 10 team, top 15 team, whatever they're going to end up at, if you're going to be one of those teams, you should be dominating lesser athletes, people that aren't there to play football, because that's what the guys in Michigan are supposed to be doing. So um, th- I think that's, that's very frustrating. Like I said, the offensive line, they had no push against a smaller army um, in the run game, and they didn't give you know, enough time for the, for the routes to develop either. It, even when they were trying to throw the ball, it didn't seem like Patterson was given a whole lot of time. So just very frustrating. Ryan, do, we, do you have some sound now? Uh, testing i'm not sure yeah all right yeah he's on there so okay so we were talking about michigan and just kind of more of the frustrations we kind of went through the, the stats um i mean just looking at the, the box score alone did you have any thoughts of of what you're seeing out of this michigan team yeah just not what you would expect out of a high-flying offense it still it seemed like the same uh issues we're plaguing them the whole time, just like it was for the week one. Yeah. It was sloppy ball handling, uh, a little, maybe it looked kind of like not very creative offense. Um, I don't know. I wish I would have been able to watch the whole game, but you know, I was, I was stuck out here and I couldn't get anything out. Yeah, for sure. Can I quick comment on something? Yeah, go for it. What Gannis apparently said why they kept running it and running it and running it towards the end is that was essentially their conservative play calling coming into mind. They really so, wanted to drain a lot of the clock is what he said. Be kind of, and, kind of what I was talking about, right? Like trying to protect the defense. Don't put your defense out there too fast, right? Well, that, and it sounded like with what he was talking about, they were worried that army was going to maybe march down the field and score. Well, and that, that kind of gives me the perception that he doesn't have a lot of trust in his defense then. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm sitting there watching that game, and what it looked to me, again, I'm, you, you can't – nobody's for sure on, on what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. But it looked to me like Harbaugh took it back and tried to do, his, do it his way. Mm-hmm. And, look, I think Harbaugh's a good base, uh, uh, he's probably a good baseball coach too, but he's a good football coach. To an extent. I mean, he, he made it to the Super Bowl. He took Stanford where, where he is now. What we're seeing right now, he last year, this so far this year, he, he doesn't seem to be that same coach. Um, and that, that's kind of scary. I, I think the, four, the fourth down calls, you know, they passed up field goals in a tie game twice. Um, for me, that, that's flat out unacceptable. That's, Why do you do that? Why it, makes, do you... it makes no sense. I, yeah. Whether it's you don't have the trust in your defense or – you're trying to make the score look good. I, I have no idea what it is. Like, you should never be passing up a potential go-ahead field goal in a game like that. Right. Because it's just points. It's yeah, points, man. Exactly. And he's not a bad coach. Mm-mm. Well, he's not the same coach that, that took this program over. He's not the same coach that was in Stanford. He's not the same coach that coached the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And he's not the same coach that we had the first couple of years. Something has changed, and I can't figure out what it is. I don't know if he's trying to be – the smartest guy in the room a little too much or 
or if he's look, he's always kind of had a screw loose. Has has that come even more loose? Like I don't know what's going on with this guy, <laughs> but he better get it figured out if he wants this program to really take off. I mean, that's very mm-hmm. concerning to me. Yeah, do you think some of this is that he doesn't know what he can trust right now? Like, where does he turn? Because every time he turns to the passing game, there are fumbles all over the place. Yeah. And with all the fumbles, with all the fumbles throughout the game, the defense held him in it. I mean, they bailed him out time and time again, right? Yeah. I know I know, Army had some pretty good drives in there too, but I mean, that's just kind of a unique, tough offense to try to corral all the time. It is. But if you're – but I don't know. And this is, I guess, what I'm not sure if I was just missing because I couldn't see the whole game. But it, it seemed like their defense – put up a wall when they needed to. They made some big plays when they needed to. And their play calling was probably, you know, they rushed it. What did they, what did they rush it, like 35, 40 times? Uh, Michigan? Yeah. 38 times. 38 times. So that, yeah. that tells me that maybe he doesn't want to put it in Shea Patterson's hands right now because he doesn't trust him. They yeah. hold on so, to the ball. So do you think that they're just not opening up the full playbook to Shea? Or, I mean, is he hurt? Is he not grasping the offense the way that they want him to? Um, are they saving it for, you know, the Wisconsin games? Like, I, I'm, it's all these questions. And I, I know you guys aren't going to have the answer because, you know, nobody really knows. But it's just like, as a Michigan fan, we all are just wondering the same thing. Like, what is going on with this offense? And what is going on with Shea Patterson? It's very concerning. And I'm to the point, like, I've been a big Shea defender. Like, I want him to succeed. I want him to be the quarterback. I yep. love his his leadership. I think he has all of the tangibles to be a successful college quarterback. But at this point, I can't keep defending him. And if they decide to make a change, you know, where I would have been angry in the past, like, nope, this is Shea's team, let him have it. If they decided to make the change, I would just be like, hey, I – I can't defend Shea anymore at this point. Uh, I think a lot is going to come to fruition through next weekend's game at Wisconsin. So you don't think there's any chance they're going to make a change before this Wisconsin game at quarterback? Nope. I don't don't see that happening. I think they're still going to dink around with two QBs for God knows what reason. And it's going to mainly be Shea's, Shea's team, Shea's spot, and throw McCaffrey in there if they feel like they need a, a boost of uh, something, I don't know what. Yeah, well, well, you mentioned the, the two-quarterback thing, so I think we saw that a lot against Middle Tennessee. I remember McCaffrey throwing the ball once. I mean, did he come in any anything any other times? I, I don't remember seeing him nearly as much as I saw him against Middle Tennessee, and I don't know if that's the closer game, so they didn't want to mess with it. I, I don't know. But one thing that I kind of – so we, we kind of had a good back and forth about the, the two quarterback thing, mainly me and Ryan. Um, I hated it. He, he supports it a little bit. One thing that I kind of thought about over the, the last couple of weeks since then was like, so the offense isn't clicking with Shea Patterson, right? And this is his preseason. And if you're taking him out, that's another rep that he could be getting better at. You know what I mean? Right. Where – I don't know where I'm really going with it, but it's. Uh, I think. I, there, I, sorry, go ahead, Micah. No, no, no. Sorry. Save me here. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think you know that that boost that we're looking for is that momentum. And if for some reason that, you know, we saw it in the past with 
you know, our other QBs with Jake Rudock, with Wilton Spade, if we needed that, that extra boost, that next QB came in. Unfortunately, I, I just can't figure out why one QB can't get it done for us, but we get that spark of that second string QB or that third string QB that makes a complete pass and has got everyone jacked up on, you know what, and gets us really kicking. I, I don't know where this lack of motivation is coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And basically my, my point was going to be like when the offense isn't clicking with Shea, why take him off the field when he can try to continue to learn and make it better? Like there's no reason to have two quarterbacks not clicking than, you know, trying to continue to progress that one quarterback. Once that first quarterback is clicking and runs that offense to a T, that's when you start bringing in the other one and trying yeah. to make them better in my but, opinion. Yeah, but, yeah but, but we're also talking about uh, uh, almost lost against army. Exactly. Yeah. I was talking about do or die situation, getting that spark yes. to get over the hump and just get past the game. I mean, mm-hmm. would you guys be against a quarterback change if we get down big at halftime against Wisconsin? If we're down and Shay's the reason, you know, a couple picks thrown or more fumble issues, I, I could see the quarterback change, and that would be something that I would support. I'm not going to just stick to one guy because he's a senior and I believe in his attitude if yeah. that means we start losing games. Yeah, and that that's was what, that's what I'm not okay with. Yeah, and that was one thing that I put. It's like, you know, let me let me just find where where I put it. So I, I think I worded it well when I was thinking about it. Um, I'm not saying they should make the change during the the this bye week, but at this point, I would support it rather than hate it if they decided to do it, whether it's mid game or or during the bye. Because again, I I really can't defend Shea at this point. But um, we'll just move right on to Michigan State. They they uh, looked a little better. I'm gonna go down kind of read the stats, tell you guys a little recap what happened, then we'll kind of do a quick roundtable of that. Um, so Michigan State hosted Western Michigan Broncos on Saturday night in East Lansing and had, pretty much had an offensive explosion. You know, they won 51-17. to 17. MSU outgained Western 582 yards to 532. And the work he looked like his 2017 self. Um, he went 23 of 32 for 314 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, uh, he didn't run the ball at all. I mean, really, I think just one carry. Um, but he really didn't have to because Elijah Collins really is emerging as a legit number one back. Um, he had 192 yards on 17 carries. And Darrell Stewart was the work he's main target with 10 receptions for 185 yards um, and a touchdown. The defense was stellar again with two interceptions, two forced fumbles, and three sacks. Um, you know, it, it was just – it was good to see – Michigan State come out, and I think they scored three touchdowns on their first three drives, um, all in the first quarter, and pretty much never looked back. Kyle, what, what did you think about your Spartans game? Um, yeah, I think just the, the offense finally clicked. I mean, I, I, Lewerke did look like his old self, um, or at least nothing like last year's Brian Lewerke. Um, and he connected well, because um, it, it was kind of – yeah, there was yards rushing, yards passing. Um, it was a really great game. I mean, if you're a Spartan fan, you, it's, it's obviously still Western, but um, no, it was it was good to see. It was a lot of fun to watch as a as a Spartan fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I kind of put that too. It, it it was only Western, but I mean, Western's better than Tulsa, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and at it, least yeah, that's there's... that's what we we're here to believe <laughs> at this but, point. Yeah. And they they uh, looked a lot was... better. 
and glad to because I, I watched a lot of the Michigan game. I'm like, man, I, it just had me nervous. Like, what? <laughs> just, I don't know. Like, I don't trust anything now. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> so I when it when like you said when they came out of the gate really strong, it was like okay, and then it just it made the game fun to watch. And it, yeah, you know. if if Western stayed in the game, that what's that's what would make you nervous. But going up, I think it was 21 straight, wasn't? It? I don't know if. Yeah. I don't remember if Western scored. Yeah. I don't know if Western scored like a field goal in there or not. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, three straight touchdowns. There's no way against that defense they're, they're going to lose. I mean, that, that really did win oh. the game. What did they, the final score was, what, 51-7. So, they won the game in the first quarter. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Were the offense – sorry, go ahead. Did you guys watch it at all or – yeah, I, I was I recorded it and watched watched the replay as well. I watched I like to watch the Big Ten. Um, you know when they do the game in sixty, so it's like a sixty minute episode, and they just kind of condense the game and yes, throw in the plays, nice. no replays, nothing yeah. like that. I, I really enjoy watching those, and um, you know I thought the offensive line looked good. They kept Lewerke upright um, pretty much the whole game. I don't I don't think they had one sack the whole time, and in the running game. Line. What's uh, that? We know you love that line. Hey, it's going to be mentioned every single episode except during Michigan State's bye week. So, <laughs> how about that line? Maybe not that week. I don't know who knows. I, I might just, hey, you never know when I'm going to you know, just throw it out there. <laughs> Six and oh. midnight type stuff. <laughs> right. um, but it, there was also good push for the running game. So, yeah. Something that I, I, I did kind of mention, I don't want to go past too, too far, was, was Elijah Collins, you know. I think he's emerging as the legit number one. Is he a true freshman or a redshirt? Is he a freshman? Red, redshirt, I think. He's a redshirt freshman. But, I mean, yeah. man, he looks like exactly what they're missing, right? The uh, boy can run. 192 yards. Nice. That was the most by a Spartan <laughs> since Bell in 2012 and most by a freshman since Ringer in 2015. So, um, like, maybe wow. it's just maybe it's just the team they were playing. I, I don't know. I don't want to – but I don't want to take that away either. That, that's impressive numbers, um, especially on, on the, uh, the low amount of carries he had. Um, I, I think I read it. What it was it? 17 carries, 192 yards. So very explosive. You know, he, he's going to take those 20, 30 yarders when, when he can. So very, yeah. that's great to see because that's something that Michigan State has been missing for the last couple of years. Yeah. He looks he looks like he's just a really big time athlete out there too, man. He can break it loose anytime. The way he shifts his I don't know, his body when at first contact, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you were right. Seventeen carries, hundred and ninety two yards. Yeah. You know, I, I I know we already said we don't want to get too excited because it is only Western. And I think it is a little too early. But I think they answered the questions that we had last week. Can this offense be explosive? Can this offense you know, be formidable. Can, can they, you know, make the plays, make the plays should, they should make against lesser competition. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. And they, last year they couldn't even do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And look, is he going to go out and have 190 yards against Ohio state? No, he won't. But if, if he can break 80 yards, hopefully yeah. and be a little more compete, yeah. like have that as at least a threat, because you know, it was the biggest, improvement that I saw was the run pass option because you had Lewerke throwing the ball. Well, he was getting the time to, to let routes develop, but with that running option in the back and, you know, in the backfield, that run pass option was killer. And they were running that constantly. Constantly. So yeah. um, I think that's, that's very good to see for Michigan state. It's, 
it answered a lot of questions there. And I think most importantly, you know, the team responded to the effort challenge that Mark D'Antonio, you know, challenged with challenged them with after the Tulsa game. I mean, he was pretty blunt about, you know, his comments saying that the effort wasn't there, the coaching staff needs to be better and all, all, I mean, it was pretty much coach speak, but at the same time they, they responded well. I mean, Kyle, do you have anything to say about that? No, I think it was, yeah, Mark D'Antonio isn't one to normally mince words. And like you said, I think it was coach speak, but I was glad to see that they responded to it no matter what. Um, I, what I wanted to ask, I thought you guys all wanted to comment on how sweet those uniforms were. <clears throat> I, I, I definitely awesome. wouldn't call them sweet. You, I hated them. I think it looks absolutely terrible. Kyle, those are garbage, buddy. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I know you loved them. Are those like Oregon 2010? Is that, is that what it reminds it you looks, of? It looks cool. – you know, it's, it's, it's so funny because when they came out with the pictures of the, yeah. the, the concept uniforms that they were going to do, they, so they, they were all wearing gloves in the pictures, and they didn't yeah. phase out the Seattle Seahawks – logo oh, on no. the gloves oh, really? <laughs> oh, completely <laughs> copying that but you know what? it looked like an Oregon plan b and then Oregon was like no they're not good enough yeah and honestly <laughs> it wouldn't have been that bad if it wasn't for that big ass state like the big word across their chest size, wasn't that it looked awful like that was the that was the killer for me i mean the colors didn't look guys... that bad on tv like when you're sitting there watching the game it doesn't look that bad but yeah as soon as you see that state right in the front it's like really like come on kenny kenny willick has put on instagram or something to the effect of i don't give a damn about the uniforms if we can play like that i'll wear those every week or and something. they should <laughs> and like, they should <laughs> Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that's that's the attitude I would have too. Yeah, I, I'm pretty superstitious in that way. That if I find a good thing, I'm going to roll with it. So, yeah. I mean, if that was the difference, then yeah, I think that should be the new standard there at Michigan. Sounds like a hockey player superstition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't switch the jerseys up. Oh, that just reminds me of when I was playing. We we would have one cancer game a year where we would wear like all black with pink pink stuff or whatever and i never could have my number and it would drive me nuts because uh, they didn't yes. put they just like went cheap on the jerseys or something that didn't like actually match our jersey numbers with the new jerseys so i was, I was always what like, number were you i think i was always like number 81 or something really goofy one yeah and it was absolutely terrible and i just remember like if i go out and score three goals i'm gonna be pissed that i can't wear this jersey next game and if i get shut out i'm gonna be pissed because it's the jersey's fault and the number's fault so that's just <laughs> that's my <laughs> i know i'm weird but um but no I, I i think it's a fair a fair thing though like i think they should wear them this week right do you think they Probably will arizona state them? I hope not. <laughs> so, Kyle, did you like them, honestly, or no? No, I prefer the normal ones. Yeah. Well, what's normal to Michigan State these days? They yeah, just, no they kidding. Change up, they change up the shades all the time, I feel like. The shades? Yeah, the shades. You never have the same shade of green. Yeah. It's like 30 shades of green or something. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds kind of kinky. Bazingas. <laughs> green of jealousy. Oh yeah, or money. I mean, money's good. Money, yeah, that's true. But no, I kind of keep going on 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 the game. I think it was it eased some worries the way I think Michigan fans <laughs> wished that their worries were eased. Um, 
Again, yes, just, yeah. just Western Michigan, but that's all it takes is just a little, just show me, show me a little bit of it. And then people will start buying into it. Right. Uh, I don't know. Did you guys have anything else that you thought worth mentioning? I think Coughlin had three more field goals, which is good for him, but I feel like you guys are texting something knowing I <laughs> will not look at my phone. Yeah. yeah just, you don't so want to bring it up. Either. No, I'm not going to look at my phone. Well, did you just send like the punt six gif or something like that? Or no, you want me to? No, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> That'll come in late November. Yeah, right. <laughs> so since we're talking about Michigan State, I think we should move on to you know their their matchup here against Arizona State. Um, you know, is there anything you guys really want to see? You're concerned about you know a, a positive matchup that you really like in this in this game. I know it's a big um, you know rematch, if you will, with with Arizona State, Michigan State lost uh, last year. I don't have the score in front of me. I'll, I will in a minute here. Um, they lost 16 to 13 in Arizona State last year. So it's a pretty big kind of rematch and grudge match, if you will. Um, Kyle, how, how are you feeling about about this game? Um, I feel good about it. I, I I think they need to fight the feeling of like let's get back at them. Like, let's make, like, let's, um, of course there's some of that to it, but I'm just worried that's going to be like the big, um, the big point of it. But isn't that what state, like, that's their thing. They love that so much. What do you mean? That's what they, they love. On. They love, yeah, they thrive on the people hating them or like, oh, we lost them that's last right. year. They, yeah, they disrespect us. They beat us. And like, I don't know let like, I don't have it in front of me, but I would assume the last time D'Antonio loses to the same team back-to-back seasons are pretty few and far between. So I feel yeah. like that's kind of his his argument there. And, like, his motivation is, hey, they beat us last year. We're not going to let that happen again. They're on our field. Well, I think that motivation can be fine. I'm just saying if you start getting so deep into that that all of a sudden Lewerke's so deep in his own head he can't throw a football, then you got a problem. I think that's how D'Antonio prepares his teams, though. I kind of get that same feeling. For games like this. Because, you know, when Michigan rolls around, D'Antonio's going to go, remember what Devin Bush did last year at the 50-yard line, and every Spartan fan's going to get their panties in a bunch about the field and not the play. That's what's going to start driving this momentum train for Michigan State. I mean, that's the that's the motivation that they have, though. That's what – I would use if you have a whole bunch of two and three star recruits and Michigan's got a whole bunch of four and five star right down the road. I would be saying, Hey, look, they passed on you. They didn't think you were good enough to follow this kind of stuff. You know, that that is motivation. No, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm saying that's what state does though. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's part of who they are is always being kind of second fiddle. That's part of their motivation. It always will be. See, I kind of agree with Ryan. Like the underdog role is more of their yeah the spot. I, I'm just worried about them getting so intense on just it's Arizona State. We lost to them last year. Um, yeah, that they botched the whole thing. I guess yeah. what I'm saying. like they get too fired up almost. Yeah, well, they shouldn't be yes. getting fired up. Like it should just be another game on their schedule. And I feel like yeah. you know if you look into it a little too too much. Like that, like let's say they go out and make a big tackle on special teams, and then all of a sudden they get a sack. All of a sudden, like their energy is all just way high, getting way too excited. 
way too confident where that can really throw you off here pretty quick. But um, yeah, but, but for special teams and defense, I mean, that energy is what you want. That crazy energy, that, that's what makes big-time plays. I think it all comes back to Lewerke. If he can just stay calm. He made some good throws this he did. last game. He, did. he actually threw the ball down the field against yeah, you know, at really open receivers, but still really good throws. So that's, that's, I think, always what you look at is how does he look in the game? Is he poised? Does he look like he's just getting, you know, overhyped? He's the focus. Yeah. You know, I, I, what I really – the way I kind of broke it, broke it down was something that I'd need to see, a concern, and then pretty much just a positive matchup that's going to kind of change the game. Um, I'll start with what I want to see. Um, I want to see the offense show some explosiveness versus a power five school. Um, Arizona State's defense has been, you know, solid against mediocre components. Kent State, Sacramento State, I've never heard of them. I don't know if you guys have, but, um, you know, the defense was a story last year. They held MSU to 13 points last year. Um, Connor Hayward was the leading rusher for the Spartans last year with only 22 rushing yards. So that's kind of where I, I, I think this needs to be a focus is, you know, they rushed the ball 17 times for 22 yards – or sorry, 17 total times. Um, Hayward, Jefferson, Scott, and Naylor all kind of split it. But with their leading rusher for only 22 yards, that kind of tells the story of, of what, this, what this Spartan team needs. They need a running game to, you know, boost the passing game. I feel like that, that's kind of going to be the consistent with this team is when they can get a run game going, that's when Lewerke will find his time, find his, you know, progressions and be more confident and be able to make those throws. So I think that's what Michigan state should want to see is, is get that running game going and really just start exposing, like open up the whole playbook because you, you know, you can, is that fair, Kyle? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, and that's kind of what, yeah, I don't, I, I feel, I feel like Lewerke is mentally fragile. I don't know if that's a, like, um, so I just anything outside of I'm worried about too many like I worry about the the big games with him and so I'm saying don't make this into a big game. Yeah. Don't you got big games this year coming up anyways? Save that for those ones. Just go out. It's just another game. Win it. Play like you did. Um. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point, and I I call that a mental midget personally. I don't know why that's why what's, like what it. comes to head. I like it. I'm going to use it all the time. Yeah. I don't know if it's politically correct anymore, but I'm sure we'll hear That's about true. it. We'll, we'll be told if it's not. So, all right. Um, which, you know, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, he has gone out and beat Michigan. He's gone out. I think he beat Ohio State once, right, in his career? Yep. So, yes. I don't think it's the big games that that he struggles with. It's just and, – and I think that's that's Michigan State's mantra is – Every game's a big game. Every game's a big Like, this is the next big game. This is the next – because people don't believe in us, so this is where our time to prove it. This is the next time to prove it. I feel like when you have 10 games that it's time to prove something, that's when you start having a hard time, and those games become a little bit more, you know, exposed that, well, he did good – he did bad against Michigan last year, so he's bad in big games, even though the year before he beat them. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. So – this is kind of, yeah. My thought is just like, well, they lost so many games last year, like yeah. games that he, that were a big part of it was him, I think. But yeah. uh, is there anything that concerns you about this matchup, Kyle? 
I no, I don't. I actually don't. Are they? Did Arizona State return a lot of players? I don't know that much about them, really. I no. feel like it's kind of a random opponent, too. Um, it, I know they are early in the season here, but uh, it seems like last year was the perfect team that could upset Michigan and I or Michigan State, and I. I did say that in the beginning of the year last year. I was like, that game's interesting. I didn't obviously pick anything because who really cares what I picked. But I remember looking at the game and like, just look out for it. It's not as easy as you think. I mean, they, they have Herm Edwards, who's an NFL pedigree. And that's really the only concern that, that I can find. There, there's no reason Michigan State should lose this game. The only thing that I think is concerning is, you know, the coaching staff. And look, I'm not saying Herm Edwards is a better coach than D'Antonio. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm, you know, Antonio's proven enough to be a good football coach. So he's not a bad coach. But I think Herm Edwards with his NFL pedigree, and he might have a better staff around him that he can kind of expose a lesser staff at Michigan State. Because I think that's, that's a fair argument with Michigan State over the past couple of years is their assistant coaches don't seem to be, you know, the quality of coaches as, as you're seeing in elsewhere. I think D'Antonio is a proven head coach, a proven, proven great head coach at times. Yeah. They lost, without, but without the right staff around him, I mean, what else can he do? And I feel like that's something that maybe Arizona state could kind of expose Michigan state of Ryan. Is that like, what do you think about that? Or do you have any other concerns for this matchup? Honestly, it still comes back to the quarterback. It still, if, if he, because we did see it last game. We saw one throw, one pass where Lewerke was backing up. He got the, the feet going. You know, he started backing up. He threw off his back foot and threw an interception. And that looked so much like last year. And some of those other okay. big, big plays, he was moving forward. He was, he was throwing on the run, whatever it was. There was some touch in there actually too, down the field. That I think if I was, if I was his coach or on the coaching staff, I would try to kind of psych him into believing in this year's version of that rather than the last year's yeah. version of that and try to separate those two so that he can stay in that good state of mind. Cause I kind of agree with him being, I'm not, yeah, whatever, a mental midget, you know, just not just exactly the way you explained it before. It's not that he can't perform in big games, but it's more that he's fragile. So if something starts to go wrong early, then he just digs himself in a hole throughout the rest of the game. That's what I'm looking for, just the early start. That's what I'd be worried about is does he throw two interceptions in the first quarter and feel like now the whole game is on his shoulders to turn yes. it around. That's yeah. what you don't want to happen. Yeah, that's a really but I good don't, point. But I don't think it will because I think with Collins kind of emerging, I think they can work together as a team. It, I don't know. I feel pretty good about the game overall because of last week. And – they yeah. were facing Western Michigan, so it wasn't a test, uh, like a big test for them, you know, win, lose, win, loss. But it was a big test for their offense in gelling and making the plays, because again, they made the plays. The wide receivers were open, but he still had to pass them the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Kyle, you kind of brought up, you know, did they, does Arizona have a, a lot returning? And I don't have the all of the numbers in front of me, but. Um, one thing that they did lose was Manny Wilkins, who, you know, he was their quarterback and he threw for 380 yards last year. And, you know, it doesn't, I, I haven't watched Arizona state and I have, they haven't played anybody really that good, but they're, they're true freshmen. Uh, Jaden Daniels, it doesn't seem like he has what it takes to kind of throw, put up those type of numbers against um, 
you know, that Michigan State defense. You know, what he he is is he's more of a dual threat type quarterback. Um, he, I guess he had, so I just pulled up, what is this, rivals or whatever. He was a four-star quarterback, um, 57th overall nationally, uh, mm. committed to Arizona State in 2018. He had 25 offers. So, I mean, it doesn't seem like he's a scrub, but he's a true freshman. And I feel like this this Michigan State defense is the last thing this dude wants to see as a true freshman. <laughs> yeah. Arizona State. It. Sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Arizona State also lost Nikhil Harry. They're big offensive weapon. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at it from their perspective, like if you switch this around and you think about it from Arizona State, you're going up against one of the best defenses in the country, Michigan State. And last year's win doesn't make you feel very good because you won what it was 16 to 13, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of see, and you don't, and you're not expecting to hold a leading rusher for the Spartans again to 22 yards. You're, yeah. You're not just counting on that. And, and the thing I want to point out too, is I, I think you guys are all kind of hovering ar- around what I want to say is the offensive line, the offensive line, not only for this game, but moving forward, how they can help out. <laughs> Keep saying it, baby. Just keep yeah, talking. Yeah, I'm, almost there. Talk. I'm almost there. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State O-line. Sam's all, oh, man, I've never seen him like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the, the O-line is obviously going to help out Lewerke and is obviously going to help out the run game. So I, I think common factor here, you know, for me and them moving forward, offensive line health and, and uh, just – uh, collabing together and, and getting it going. So, yeah, you know, and, and I think that that's a good point. I, I'm not sure the offensive line has proven it against, you know, quality enough players to that I'm confident in them yet. I think they, they didn't show it against Tulsa. I think they did a better job against um, Western Michigan, but I think this is a good test for them. It, it's really going to be a, it's still a wait and see for me for this offensive line. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's as much as I want them to be good, like they have to be good for this, for this team to succeed. And you, Mikey, you, you very well may, may be right with that. But um, I think the biggest positive matchup is obviously the defense. Um, it's pretty simple. Um, the defense should just make it easy for the offense. And yeah. the offense only needs to seal the deal, like maybe one or two times to, to win this game based right. on what we saw last year what this defense is now. So, I mean, two touchdowns could very easily win this game, especially with Coughlin probably with a couple field goals himself. So that's kind of the biggest, the biggest thing there is can they contain this dual threat quarterback enough to, you know, keep them under 10 points. I, I feel like that's a, a pretty simple yes in my eyes. But hmm. I mean, Kyle, does, does a do like Michigan state hasn't played a dual threat quarterback technically yet. I mean, like true athleticism, does that scare you at all? That's always like one of my biggest fears going into a like a Michigan game is the dual threat. Like, oh, you never know what's going to happen. This guy could just light you up. Do you guys get nervous about that or no? I don't know. If, if Ohio State had a good dual threat, maybe. I think less so with Arizona State. But um, I think that defense is really good. Oh, yeah. I, we know that. I just don't – yeah, I don't I, – I don't know. Not really. Not really in, in this circumstance, no. Yeah, it's less of a – it's just a thing 
if you can be one on one. If you can play a one-on-one defense with everybody and uh, with the wide receivers, then you, those linebackers can just roam free. I don't think you really have to worry yeah, about that Yeah, you can much. contain them pretty easily. So, Speaking of dual-threat quarterbacks, let's move on to what the Lions just, just did this past week. So, oh, yeah, fun. Against Arizona State and the rookie Kyler Murray. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through kind of what, what we saw, some stats, and then we'll kind of just do another roundtable. So, um, so in case you missed it, the Detroit Lions tied Arizona – Cardinals 27 to 27 after leading 24 to six in the fourth quarter. Um, Stafford went 27 of 45 with 385 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and was sacked three times. Hawkinson had six catches for 131 yards and a touchdown in his NFL debut. Amendola had seven catches for 104 yards and a touchdown, and Galladay had the third touchdown from Stafford. Carryon only had 49 yards on 16 carries. And C.J. Anderson had 35 yards on 11. Uh, defensively, the Alliance allowed 112 rushing yards and 275 passing yards, collected five sacks and forced one interception from Kyler Murray. Um, but when all is said and done, they tied. And that kind of sucks. So they've been, they dominated the majority of the game. <laughs> but then they went same SOL, you know, same old Lions, and got conservative on both sides of the ball. And – Choked it away, so um, that's not what Patricia said. No, he didn't say. Yeah, you know, he said that they didn't let off the gas at all. He said they didn't change anything, but he's a flat-out liar. Is what I mean. I was I, gonna ask that. I tell the eye test tells you one hundred percent that they changed everything in that fourth quarter, and it it ha, sucks. Kyle, please, please go. If I can make a, a confession real quick here, uh, I had somewhere to be Sunday, and I watched the first three quarters. And it was in the bag. I, I was so excited. I, we were, <laughs> I, I was somewhere where like we were kind of standing around, like, "Oh man, the lines look good today!" Like, and none of us like thought to check a phone or anything. And like, I remember <laughs> getting home, and then like I just wanted to know what the final score was, and like I remember just typing into Google Lions score. <laughs> And it sank 27, 27. Me You're like, no, that was last year. This I went, this yes. Year. I'm like, no, that didn't just happen. <laughs> no. like, and then went back and found some highlights and stuff. I'm like, what in the world? That's a loss. That's yeah. a. Oh, it, it felt like it. It is. I, uh, <laughs> so I think I actually told Andrea, they just need to close it out. It's, it's going to be. So she, she, she let me kind of sit and watch the game. Yeah, the kids were in and out playing. Like, I was playing with the kids, but, you know, I was really focused on the game. She, she was very supportive of that. And it was, it was like four and a half hour game. And she comes down and goes, so is it over? I said, yeah, it's over. Well, what happened? They tied. Like, <laughs> they can tie? That was such a waste of four and a half hours. Like, what in the world? What is she got me even more fired up because that was. What is this soccer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle with his soccer remark, but you know the way I look at it is this team just can't close. They can't seal the deal. They are the same old lines, and I hate saying that because I like to go into every year thinking it's a new year, it's a new team, but it never is. It's always the same old thing. <laughs> Ryan, I mean, you've been in this with me. I mean, since I can remember, just we used to go home from church with each other to watch the Lions game. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's, it's so frustrating, it's isn't so it? Frustrating. It's like you don't, you don't, you don't ever want to let yourself think like, oh yeah, see, we're different now. So, so you hold on to it for three quarters. You're like, no, something's gonna go wrong. They're gonna throw it away. And then going into the fourth, you're like, okay, they've got the the game in hand. Everything, <laughs> everything's going your way. It's fine. It's a rookie quarterback. There's no way it could happen again. Yeah. And then, and then one thing happens. You're like, we're screwed. Because, <laughs> so, yep. you just know, you oh, just crap. know something's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. I'm, it, it, I'm so tired of it, you know? Exactly. And that's why you can never turn them off because yeah. they could be down 21 points in the fourth quarter. You'd be like, nope, they're going to get within one score. And then it's going to come down to an onside kick. I know it is. And then it does. And then they don't get it. And it's just make it. And then they're up big. And then you're like, I'm not turning this damn game off because this is going to haunt me if I turn this off. <laughs> and it haunts you if you keep it on too. But um, you're, you're in a total lose, lose, lose. It situation. is. It's just, <laughs> that's a Lions. That is what, that is the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Lose, yes, lose, 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 yes. Lose, <laughs> Lions. That's the only way it goes. Except even when you win, you it's lose. even worse than a loss. Yeah. yeah, because this tie is going to make us miss the playoffs, I'm sure, by a half a game. And then – or we're going to be, like, pretty bad, and then we're going to miss the first overall draft pick by a half a game or move out of the top five and not get who we really want yeah. by that half a game. Like, that half game is going to come into our minds every single week for the next – 17 to 38 weeks till the draft right or whenever the draft is but and when we were doing the schedule game early on now now <laughs> we're starting thinking about all the games coming up with the chargers the chiefs and big time games and it's like man we couldn't even did, pull off against guys, the cardinals yeah you guys did the schedule game did anyone pick tie for the cardinals <laughs> yeah that was what we that all of us picked tie oh you all yeah. oh, you everybody yeah, picked we flipped the coin and it landed actually perfectly upwards like all right we gotta call the tie on every single person's schedule schedule like there's not a lions fan in the world that expected them not to they, they expected to win that was yeah. a pen written game it wasn't even pencil it was pen this is the win it was – if, if it's the only one, it is a win. It was a permanent marker. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was Sharpie. <laughs> so we'll kind of get into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty. Um, a couple things that I, I didn't like. Um, like I already said, you know, they played not to lose instead of try to win when they're up, they're up big. They've definitely let the foot off the gas. Patricia, I'm not going to say I love you, but you're wrong because I don't know if I love you anymore. But you're wrong. You did let off the gas on both sides of the ball. You, step, you stopped pressuring – Murray the way you were the first three quarters and then you you stopped calling the game on offense the same and you you change everything so please don't like we're Lions fans we're stupid to a certain extent but we're not that stupid yeah we've been through this before yeah we've been through before don't we're stupid because we keep coming back to get hit over and over and over again but we're not stupid to know that like don't lie to us because we know the truth. So um, for punishment. Yeah. One thing I I, I hated and I, I know Decker was, was my, I think bounce back player. He was on one of my lists. Um, He looked absolutely awful. I don't know if he, I think I I saw four penalties on his own. um, And he was an absolute turnstile. He was the reason for the, the sack fumble. That that was pretty key. I know the lions ended up changing like, holding him to a field goal. I think, I think that was the same drive. I, I might be getting confused, but um, that, that was still a, a turnover. Um, and then another thing that I absolutely hate was I thought Agnew was a complete disaster. Um, he muffed the punt. 
Um, he had five return punt returns for negative two yards. So, all right, let's find someone else. He had three kick returns for 46 yard, 48 yards for 16 yards per, per return. So just take, just take touchbacks. That's 25 yards. So just, just don't touch the ball. Let it go. <laughs> okay. So stop doing that. And then, you know, <laughs> then he sucked on defense too when he got in the game. So they exposed him. He was, was so, so just, messed up. He's so out, mad. Figure something else out. Like I, I'm done with him. There's got to be a better option for for both. I, I, you know what? It it looked it felt it felt and looked like the Michigan game with all those fumbles and mistakes. Yeah. I don't know. That's the way it seemed to me at least. Yeah. And then, and then not to I, mention the blocked punt. There was a blocked punt as well. After the, yeah, the uh yeah. I, I, after, the other, after the other disaster that we'll get into later. How how long did it take him to punt that, by the way? He I just counted to ten and then decided to start <laughs> his movement. I don't know. He was like pissed, a punt at, six he was pissed at something. <laughs> he was pissed after it happened. I don't know who he was jawing at, but Sam Martin was not happy with somebody. I saw that. I could not figure it out. Yeah. You know, I like Sam Martin. I think he's a good punter, but that he was, he was, I don't he was know if mad was, at the metronome for going too slow. That's <laughs> yeah, what he was doing. Exactly. Um, you know, other than kicking the ball with, with Prater and Martin, our special teams looked awful. So – Cross the special teams battle off the list. Like it's not going to go well if, if you're going to count on something like that. Um, that that frustrated the crap out of me. Somebody somebody just just get in here and do you guys have anything positive? Because I'd love some positive. Yeah, some Hawkinson. Hard. Hawkinson, thank you. What what, what about Hawkinson, Ryan? What did what did you like? I mean, he was a complete stud, right? He, he broke he broke the rookie tight end record for. First game, right? Yards for first game. For yeah, 131 yards. In a wow! On six receptions. What's impressive about that? Wow. Yeah, what's impressive about that is it was everything that we thought it could be, but we didn't want to just kind of get a little out of hand with with that. But he is the mismatch with a linebacker. You could you could see it the whole day. Oh, you could yeah. see that he's the mismatch with even a cornerback. So, even on his even on his touchdown, it was it was so cool to see it. it and look, I'm not comparing him to Jimmy Graham and I'm not comparing him to Aaron or I'm not comparing Stafford to Aaron Rodgers, but that's exactly what it looked like. You had Stafford kind of rolling out, waiting for something to develop and he's waving Hawkinson yep. to the left. He goes, no, go that way, go that way, go that way. And then he throws it up to him because he knew he was, he was going to get it. Yeah. The rookie tight end. Yeah. A rookie and a quarterback on the same page. Like that is a good thing. It's early still, but I mean, <laughs> rookie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tyler really, yeah. Murray was able to, do yeah, that. or Murray, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I think another. What's that? Amendola. Yeah, good. I was just going to bring him up as well. Um, you know, he did have a brain fart towards the end of the game. Didn't run out of bounds in a very, very crucial situation. I don't understand what the world he was thinking. Um, but other than that, he looked really good. Um, he was another weapon. He had seven catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. But him and Stafford, again, on the same page. It was so quick. Again, I'm not going to compare him to, to Tom Brady or anything like that, but it was just like, I know he's going to be here one, two, three now, and he just threw it to him. You saw that constantly, and it was he was getting open. He came in clutch on third down a couple times, which is great. Um, he's just he's, He was a question mark because you weren't going to really know the way he's going to fit with this type of offense, but he seems like a missing piece for this offense that – 
you know, when he's not necessarily a weapon catching the ball, he's opening up somebody else to be a weapon because mm-hmm. they have to account for him. So, and that's the same thing with Hawkinson. You know, it, it's, it's another weapon that this genius of a coach should be able to expose. So, um, I think Kennard was another big piece for you guys. Yeah. What did he have? Three sacks? Three sacks, four yeah. tackles. Yeah. That, that's very exciting to see. Um, I mean, especially in a – so that so I appreciate you bringing up something positive, but I'm going to turn it to a negative because that's what I do when I'm talking about the line. But, like, so, yeah, he was a very big bright spot. But the defensive line, like, I mean, he had to be for this team to even be good because our highest paid players and, you know, snacks Harrison and annuals was, was, was invisible. And then um, Trey flowers, you could see here and there, but it's like, where were those guys in, in the, in the crunch time? Because I didn't see him. So that was disappointing with, with the defensive line. I thought they just kind of got gassed in the fourth quarter and, and just simply got exposed in that, in that way. So um, no, Trace I think Walker had a good game too. Yeah. Trace Trace Walker. yeah. Actually, yeah. great game. Nine tackles. Jesus. Nine Pete. tackles, but he also had had the interception, which is exciting. But um, you know, <laughs> wake up, Ryan. Yeah, that's my alarm. <laughs> Time to catch a bus here soon. <laughs> that is um, my alarm for that. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, before we kind of move on to to their ne- to their next matchup, um, you know, this team's designed to run the ball and play defense. And they did the exact opposite in the fourth quarter, which was very, very disappointing. Um, really, the whole game, the running game, was a weakness. I think they set up – you know, their offense was was all through Stafford's arm for the most part. Um, the running game wasn't very good. Uh, what, what, <laughs> you guys are so mean. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, they tried to use the running game to finish it and close it out, and they failed to do it. And that's very disappointing whether it's the offensive line or the lack of talent or the lack of creativity, you know, we were told that this running game was going to be a focus and they tried to make it a focus when it needed to. And it's, it absolutely sucked. So that was, that was very disappointing to me. So um, unless you guys have anything else you want to say, I think we should just turn the page of this complete negativity for this game one tie. Put it behind us, get it behind behind us. us, throw it in the fire. That she is done for. I didn't. I didn't even. Done so. I didn't crinkle up any other ones, but I crinkled up that one because I don't want to look at it again. But it's gone. Couple things before. Oh shoot! I tried to move on, and then I go to my next <laughs> sheet, and there's just a couple more points that I had to make. So what I wanted to bring up was more social media. You know, some positive and negatives that people came up with. Um, Ashton Carter, seventeen on Instagram. He thought Stafford did an excellent job. Daniel Id Hunt. Um, said his positive was also Stafford. He looked great. And his negative was the defense falling apart in the fourth quarter. Um, Art Turasalinas, 03, whatever that means, um, said the coaching messed it up. Overall, they looked good, but they still need some help on offense and defense. So thank you for that great analysis, offense and defensive help. Yep. <laughs> Let's get better at that. Good idea. Right, Sam, let's calm down on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> But the last one, Michael Workma said Hawkinson was a positive. Decker was a negative. D-line was a positive until the fourth quarter, which was a negative. And his final positive was he is now a Chiefs fan. So that was the final straw for another Lions fan. <laughs> All right. Let's lose at least right. one or two of those a game. Yeah, it's a good choice too. Never know. But um, all in all, I'm not giving up on this team. 
Um, I'm not giving up on the season. I'm not giving up on the regime yet. Um, mainly it's because one game. Yeah. And, and honestly, the first three quarters, they looked really, really good. And, and I still believe this roster is full of talent. And that's the one thing that I think you can, you can kind of hang your hat on is that's the difference between this same old Lions with, with past same old Lions as this same old Lions has talent. And more times than not, talent will trump everything in this league and football in general and sports in general. Talent is the be-all, end-all for, for the most part. And I think this team has it. I still truly do. And, you know, this, these next three games look, look tough. But if you steal one of them, you're right back to where you want to be. So um, now we can move on to the charge. I didn't rip that, that page up because I thought there was a little positive on there. But um, <laughs> let's move on to the Lions and Chargers. Um, it's Lions home opener, which is exciting. Fun stuff. They're playing the Los Angeles, not the San Diego Chargers. So don't get them confused. Um, I guess, Ryan, is there something that you, other than a win, is there something that you're focused on for this matchup that, you, that you're excited about or that you really need to see from this Lions team? Um, just to make this game a competitive game, the, the Chargers, were they were probably a little underwhelming in the first game too. Uh, they won though, right? They pulled it out? Yeah, they won in overtime against the Colts. Against the Colts, yeah. So I think we do have an opportunity. I, I almost think that the Lions and the Chargers are built the same way right now, but we might be the lesser version of the two, at least if you were thinking uh, at the beginning of the year. So I'm, I'm curious. I think this is kind of a measuring stick game. So anything in particular, always go back to Stafford, I guess, but – you no, know, you know what? I want to see the running game. I want to see Carryon Johnson get into it more. I want him to be a focal point of the offense, get running the ball a little bit, and I, and maybe start catching some balls out of the backfield and make a difference there too. And then that would be the one-two combo with with Hawkinson. Yeah, I'm already putting Hawkinson as a one combo, but yeah. No, I, think, I want to, I want to see Carryon Johnson get more involved. Yeah, and that was something that I kind of brought up. So you know, I just need to see amounts of a massive bounce back with this team. I mean, no, th- there's no way a team that ties the, the Cardinals with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback should come back and, you know, compete with a, what, a playoff-focused team. Like, the Chargers are a playoff-bound team for – they at least have playoff aspirations. They have, they have Super no Bowl way, aspirations, yeah. Yeah, they really do. And there's no way a team that ties with the Cardinals should come back and beat them. But I think that's one thing that we're seeing with this Matt Patricia Lions is – yeah, they can look really bad one week, but then they can bounce back. And, I mean, they did it last year. They beat they beat the Patriots. I think it was week three. Might have been week two. I, I don't remember exactly. But um, they came – and they completely dominated that game. So that's something that um, you, you're, you're – I, I want to see. It's just another bounce back. Just bounce back and show us that you have a little bit. Um, no, I don't think they're going to go out and dominate and win this game necessarily. But, I mean – it's a good measuring stick to, to what, the, what they can do in this division, what they can do against the, the poor other teams on their roster. But uh, Yeah, just, com- just compete with them overall. Yeah. See where we, see where we stand. For sure. Um, for, for me, so kind of moving down to concern, um, you know, whenever you play a, a franchise quarterback, that is, I think, the biggest concern. Um, all right. Um, I, I think the Lions' secondary and linebacker depth could be a, a, a huge issue with, with the screen passes to Eckler. 
Um, that scares me a little bit. Rivers, his safety valve with Hunter Henry's kind of makes me a little nervous as well um, for the Lions defense. But for the most part, I think they, they could kind of compete. Um, but what I want to do right now, I do want to kind of go back to this, but I know Ryan's heading out. So if we want to jump over to the, to the picks real quick, Ryan, do you have time for the picks? I don't know if I do. I can put my picks in probably. I got to go right, catch just, a bus. I'm going to come back and we'll, we can sample some, some wine and chocolate when I get back, but I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get on a bus to make okay, sure right. I get back. So I'm just going to read them off for you. And then I want you to give us your picks and then we'll keep talking about the lines and then we'll strike up the music a little bit later. But Ryan, so uh, Thursday night football, we got Panthers minus six and a half against the Buccaneers. Who do you have? Panthers in that one. All right. And then we'll move down to uh, another divisional game. You got the Vikings. They're plus two and a half at the Packers. Vikings. Do you have any, like, is there a reason why you like the Vikings? Or? Nope. Just to get on the bus. Yep. Perfect. All right. Get on the bus. So, <laughs> no more questions, Sam. Just move I'm on. on. I'm on the bus, Sam. All right. <laughs> Creep, Sam. I'm on the <laughs> <laughs> He's literally going to miss a flight home. <laughs> All right, Clemson is minus 27 at Syracuse. At Syracuse? Uh, yeah, I'm taking Syracuse for this one. Syracuse, okay. Whoa. All right, I'm writing them down, so sorry. So Michigan State, they host Arizona State, uh, minus 13 and a half. Michigan State, going to be a good win for them. All right, and then Lions against the Chargers. Lions getting three points at, on the, at home. Yeah, I'll, I'll do lines. I don't feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, like it. I like it. All right, well, Ryan, hey, I love the dedication. Thanks for uh, hopping on yeah. here. Thanks yeah, for thanks, for, thanks for letting me do this again, even though I don't know if the, the conditions are right, but yeah. Oh, we weren't recording this whole time? Oh, no. Oh, no. Time, Ryan, we can start over. Do you have a few more minutes? <laughs> you got a couple minutes. I have, right? like, we can I have like two, yes. <laughs> All right, perfect. Thank you again. We'll All right. talk to you next week, if See not soon. All right, buddy. Have a safe trip. Yep. See you. Bye. So, so before we kind of move, move back to our picks here that we'll, that we'll do, um, Kyle, did, did you have any thoughts on, on this Lions matchup here? So the matchup, or sorry. Against, I against the Chargers. On. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, or what did you call it, bounce back thing or what you want to see? But my thing was agreeing with Ryan, the, the run game. It yeah. just wasn't great, I don't think. Um, yeah, and you want to see that. Yeah, I think it needs to be do better, and then it will – I mean, it could open up that pass game even more, really. So, so Mike, it sounds like you, you watch the Lions. I mean, is there something that you think – I know you're not a Lions fan. You're not going to get, you know, too, too excited for us. But, I mean, is there any hope for the Lions in this game? And if it is, like, what is the matchup that you think the Lions can kind of strive on? So, to be completely honest, I missed the first three quarters and saw maybe the last five minutes of the game. I had a – big neighborhood barbecue but I think the most important thing for the team is you cannot be conservative you cannot be conservative in the NFL at any given point you cannot do that yep and I think they were the 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 coaching it, it, it cannot happen you have to keep the gas pedal moving that's, yeah. I think that is honestly just the biggest key. I think, I think all of your key players play well. I mean, it shows in the first three quarters. And if you guys do that for one more quarter, you're not going to have these scary losses, ties, come from behind wins. Oh, my gosh, we look so good coming from behind. Like, you're going to have a lot of wins 
if you keep the gas pedal down and you're going to have comfortable wins. Yeah, I agree. Um, so with this matchup in particular, one, one thing that I really like, it, it, you know, I like the way this defense matches up. I think our run defense and pass rush specifically, you know, if, if they can, you know, keep it up, um, they, they need to play much better than they did in the fourth quarter against the Cardinals. But, you know, Phillip Rivers is not going to be that quarterback that exhausts them the way that Kyler Murray did. Because you look at what they were doing in the fourth quarter, they, were, they looked exhausted. You know, they were running hurry up. They were just trying to kind of contain Kyler Murray at that point, making sure he doesn't, you know, run for, for a bunch of yards. Um, I think this pass rush and the defensive line in general will, will kind of put the pressure on, on a quarterback that as good as he, he is and can be, you, you put a little pressure on this guy and he, he kind of crumbles and he's the kind of guy that can throw up to five interceptions in a game. So I'm not saying he's going to, but it's possible. So um, that that's part of a matchup that I really like, but I also really like the carry on Johnson matchup against the chargers defense. Um, Marlon Mack last week went 174 yards on 25 carries. Yeah. I think the Colts have a better offensive line when all said and done, but I think carry on and CJ Anderson um, will still be able to run the ball. Um, which will also allow the offensive, you know, options for Stafford to open up and, you know, expose them where, where they need to knock the top off with, with that play action. That was one thing that I saw. Um, Stafford was under the most pressure out of any quarterback in week one, but had a perfect quarterback rating out of the play action. So I thought that was very interesting. Like when they were faking that run, he, he was available, like he had time. And they stopped doing it. They started handing it instead of faking it. That's really when the crap hit the fans. So um, I think if they stick to what worked for them last week and are confident in what they can bring to this this you know matchup, they can do a lot of the similar you know the same the same stuff that worked on the Cardinals will work on the Chargers if you stick to it, if you dedicate to it, and you know if you commit to it. And I think that's. That's key. And, and as soon as you get carry on Johnson going, you know, if he's getting four to five yards per carry in, in the first half, then that opens up the play action that opens up the top with Marvin Jones and a lot of other stuff. So um, I, I'll get into, you know, the picks later, but um, did, did the, the, the Tigers just walk off? Oh no, never mind. That was, that was a replay. Sorry. <laughs> Against the, Kyle's against Yankees. Yankees. Against Kyle's Yankees. We got a game here. We got a real game yeah. going on. This has been one of the most crazy games I've ever seen. It's like, <laughs> I think I turned it on in the third inning. It was like seven to six or something ridiculous. They've just been trading. They've been trading blows basically. Maybe in the fourth or fifth, but yeah. Um. So I, I don't. I don't really have stats to tag along with what you said about going into your guys' game this coming weekend. But I think as far as kind of a mental head game goes, I think they're going to want that motivation of a comeback win. I think that's going to play a big part in the mental game and the mental preparation that your team is heading into this game with. Yeah. No, I think – oh, another walk-off for Mercer. Just ended it. Yankees suck, Kyle. Get used well, to it. I don't know if we have 100 losses. <laughs> <laughs> and they're celebrating like they just won the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> I know. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's Mercer's second walk off against the, the Yankees this year. So good for that. Good for him. Yeah, he needed that. He needed. Yeah, that, that should turn the season around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you went out. You never know. <laughs> <They might. laughs> I think we know. <laughs> <laughs> they might not get last place if they went out. <laughs> Sorry, got distracted there. <laughs> but so I, I did kind of I did go past a couple things that I thought was worth bringing up for. So I was trying to rush it because I was trying to get Ryan and I didn't know he was that low on time. So um, one thing that we did overlook with, with the last game, are we okay going back to last game? I think people will get pissed about that. Just for uh, a minute. Just a minute. All right. I just want to touch on, this is just going to be a me thing. I'm just asking you guys, like, I'm not going to edit that out either. So uh, the coaching is a big question to me. So the timeout from Bevel. And Stafford screaming, trust me, trust me, trust me, effing trust me, trust me, trust me, after it. So, I don't know, to kind of tell our, our audience what happened, Lions had a third and five. First down seals the game. The play clock, clock was going down. Stafford changed the play, was ready to go. Bevel called timeout. Maybe Patricia called timeout. We don't know. It's one of those goofy – situations nobody really knows but the play kind of still happened and developed easy first down if not a touchdown but then the refs are calling it because they called timeout Stafford absolutely livid just screaming f and trust me f and trust me because the play worked the play that Stafford audibled into worked that was a huge coaching mistake um another coaching mistake oh huge another coaching mistake I didn't like was it was it was um Patricia, he accepted a penalty in the third quarter. Um, I think it was the third quarter. Uh, it was – it would have been fourth in like one and a half or two yards, and Arizona had an illegal formation, and Patricia accepted the penalty to give them another shot at third down, and they eventually converted. <laughs> Isn't that like coaching 101? Like you never give somebody another chance at third down. Put them so in that, that was a terrible coaching decision. It, yeah. So I just want to kind of go off on a little thing about Patricia. So he's yet to prove me his genius. Like I haven't seen it yet. That's what I'm told constantly over and over again is that he's some genius. He's, he's the right guy for the job. I'm starting to feel like this is a Brad Osmus, you know, type of feel. <laughs> this guy, right? Like everybody's saying he's the right guy. Everybody's saying he knows what he's doing and he's a genius. Brad Osmus was fired. I was one of the last people to kind of be sold, like, off the Brad Osmus bandwagon. I was going <clears> to <throat> I think you were the last one. <laughs> I think I'm still not completely <laughs> off. <laughs> but, like, I want him to work. I want this to be, you know, I want this to be the regime. I want this to work so badly. But I don't want to be the, the person that's like, I want it to work so bad that I'm blind and I'm starting to feel like maybe Patricia isn't the guy and maybe, maybe we just got to make a change. And I know it sucks saying that he's a year and one game in, but he hasn't shown me his quote unquote genius yet. And I want to see his genius to really, truly buy in. And I've seen more flaws with his coaching game rather than outsmarting people or, Anything along those lines. So correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't they considering Jim Caldwell basically your bridge coach to like 
Foreverland. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of what it was. The, the the thought process at least, right? Yeah. I mean, I, if I were in your shoes, yeah, I'd be frustrated with what I'm seeing. I mean, it, you know, if you're told from everybody and their brother he's he, he's a whiz, you know, on the on the headset and on the field, it there's just simply not enough like you're saying and Yeah. And it's very frustrating because I, I want him to work out. I really, truly do. But you see all these offensive coaches come in and, you know, just be the coaches that, you know, the, you, Sean McVay, um, Matt Nagney, Nagy are, are just coming to, I mean, LaFleur, I guess, is kind of that same pedigree where it's often, you know, um, offensive-minded head coach. And I'm wondering and I'm nervous that the Lions – I mean, Patricia's a defensive-minded head coach. Is that really the right thing? Because that is what – like, he was – I feel like he was almost trying to outsmart himself when he got conservative. He's like, well, if we do this and we we get three possessions and we milk three minutes off, that's the, that's the fourth quarter. There's no way they can score. Well, your math didn't work, rocket science. So, <laughs> like – keep the pedal to the metal and start being aggressive. And I'm not sure he's going to ever change that, that, that mindset. And that terrifies me. You would definitely hope that Bevel sits down with him and, and says, Hey, that that's got to change. Yeah. And I think Bevel, like for the most part, called a very good football game. I think the fourth quarter was questionable. I don't know if that's Patricia. I don't know if that's him, but I thought he did a good job. And that was exciting to me. I think the off- the the offensive line had a really bad game. I don't know why I'm going over this again. I apologize, but like, I'm just kind of going through in my head. The offensive line had a good, uh, a terrible game, so the running game couldn't get going, but the passing game was still there, and I saw signs. And the talent again will outweigh it. But we're moving on. Sorry, I just had to. I had that thought, and I wanted to. I didn't want to to go on unsaid so that's why we went back to the previous game <laughs> how do you guys deal with me like my mind's just in so many different directions but no you yeah by the way i think um <laughs> no, patricia, no you, you really made me feel sorry, like that, Kyle. <laughs> sorry. Patricia, patricia called that timeout bevel said he doesn't call timeouts he doesn't well, have yeah them. so but bevel you you saw him going walking towards patricia and saying timeout so it was like Bevel told Patricia to call the timeout because he wasn't going uh, to. Okay. But didn't he say today, like, that's – I felt like today, like – and I, I should have printed it or something, but, like, I feel like today his comments were a little bit like, yeah, not my call. That's on Patricia. He called the timeout. Yeah. Did he say that? Man, that's not a good not, not in those words. It, <laughs> but, like, it came off a little bit to me that way. But Yeah. Well, Patricia kind of he, – he threw himself under the bus with that. He said, it is my call. So, yeah. Um, well, it's just, I mean, it's just us three. So we got Ryan's picks already, but we'll strike up the music. We'll start getting our picks going. You guys excited for this? I love this. I mean, we suck at it. But no one needs to know that. We're going to go five for five this week. All of us are. I don't care if we're opposite. <laughs> we were bad last week, weren't we? Well, week one was bad. Uh, week one, I think we went over. Like, everybody went over except for Trav. So, but we all got one game closer to him. We're only a half game back or one game back. So 
We're all in the mix. <laughs> I'll come out with Stan. We're in the hunt. We're yeah. in the hunt. I think he's like, I don't want to, I don't remember what to say. I, I forgot to print that off, but we'll just jump right into it. Ka- Micah, you're going to go first this week. Um, we already know. Oh, actually, I'll just say Trav's pick, and then we'll toss it to you. Sounds good. So, all right. So, Thursday Night Football, we have Panthers minus six and a half against the Buccaneers. Travis took the Panthers. Micah, what do you got? Panthers as well. I don't see it with the Bucs, man. Kyle, what about you? Panthers, the Bucks are terrible. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, he took the Panthers as well, and I took the Panthers as well. I'm going to take the – you know, basically because the, the Bucks looked, like Kyle said, terrible. They, so bad. It's the 49ers. I mean, Jameis Winston threw three picks, and <laughs> I just don't see how Tampa can bounce back on a short week and, and be prepared to play at the Panthers. So we'll jump down to a divisional game, Vikings at the Packers. Um, Vikings are plus two and a half at the Packers. Travis took the Vikings. Mike, are you going to take your Packers back-to-back weeks? I think I'm going to stick to what I picked during our game at the Hops, and I believe I picked the Vikings. Okay. What about you, Kyle? I like the Vikings as well. Uh, we already heard that Ryan took the Vikings, but um, I'm actually going to go with the Packers. Um, minus two and a half, mainly. You know, I, I think the Vikings, all in all, are the better team, but the Packers at home are always tough. And I didn't see enough from Kirk Cousins. He only threw the ball ten times. And I think the Packers, they showed that they can stop the running game against the Bears. So um, it's going to kind of come down to Kirk Cousins. Um, the Vikings' defense looked really good, but – you know, Rodgers is not going to make the same mistakes uh, Matt Ryan did. So I, I think the Packers can do it. And I'm probably trying to do a little reverse guy psychology here and pick the Packers. So. <laughs> <laughs> the nice guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Saturday night on ABC, we got Clemson versus Syracuse. Um, Clemson is minus 27. And I have this written down at Syracuse. Is that correct? Can someone confirm that? For some reason, I thought it was at Clemson. But – but either way, Travis took Clemson. Micah, who do you have? I'm going to go with Clemson as well. All right, Kyle, what about you? I actually struggle with this because it's such a big – I mean, that's a lot of points. It is a lot of points. Um, but it's Clemson. I'm going to go with Clemson. I got him in the, the four-team thing we picked, so I'm going Clemson. All right. If, if I'm looking at this right, so the, the home team's on the bottom, correct? It is Clemson at Syracuse. So it is at Syracuse. I had that written down wrong. Oh, no, I have it written down right. It is at Syracuse. All right. Sorry. Brain. So many different directions. So Syracuse is plus 27. I'm going to take Clemson, mainly because I think Syracuse is a fraud. I thought that coming into the season, they got smoked by Maryland. Why wouldn't they get smoked by Clemson? I have no idea. So that's who I'm going with. Kyle, who did you say you had? Uh, I had Clemson. I went Clemson. Clemson. And Ryan? Went Syracuse, so Ryan was the only one that went to Syracuse there. So we'll jump down to Michigan State. They host Arizona State in a rematch to last year's 16 to 13 Sun Devils upset. MSU is minus 13 and a half. Travis took MSU. Micah, what about you? I believe MSU will get the job done handily. Kyle, Sparty? MSU. All right. Uh, we already heard that Ryan took MSU, and I'm going to take MSU as well. Um, basically, the defense. I mean, that's all I have to say, right? Everybody gets that's it. What, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, 
For our last pick of the week, we're going to do the Lions, their home opener against the L.A. Chargers. Lions are plus three at home. Travis took the Chargers, minus three. So, Micah, what about you? Chargers or Lions? I'm going to go with the Chargers. All right. Do you have a, a reason? I, I think Phillip Rivers is just going to – Keep doing weird Philip Rivers stuff. I mean, <laughs> Wait, having kids? <laughs> no, he just he just passes for an absurd amount of yards on on a lot of games, and I just think that's something he's gonna do again. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Kyle, what about you, buddy? Bounce back game. I want the Lions. Yeah, do you have them winning or just? Coming? I have them winning. At a boy. What is tra- it. Was it called money line? Yeah, money line. Money line. Lions money line. I'm gonna <laughs> live. To, I will. I will. I will live to regret those words. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. You're learning though. Right. I'm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you really want to put money on that? The money line? Uh, no. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't just, really bet, but just want to talk about. No. Well, no. You already heard that Lions or <laughs> Ryan is going to take the Lions. I went back and forth on this game. I'm going to take the Lions, and I'm going to take them winning outright for the money line as well. Um, <laughs> well, you might ask why. That's mainly because I'm a Lions fan, and that's just what we do. We always have hope. We take a little bit of opium, we shoot it in our veins, and we just we love it. You know, it's it's a drug. We we like it. Um, but really, though, you know, I I think the Lions will respond well to the tie. I, I think it was a debacle. I think. They're going to be prepared for this game. I think the O-line is going to respond because they were absolutely terrible. I think the D-line will respond and complete and play all four quarters of the game. And like I already said, I really like the matchup for Carrion Johnson and the running game in particular. I think that'll open up a lot. Um, with the Chargers thin at corner and a working run and a working run game. I don't know what that means. I wrote it down. <laughs> the Lions will be able to go. Oh, that's what I was saying. All right. So with the Chargers thin at corner and a Lions working run game. This is why I shouldn't try to read what I'm doing. It's just go oh. art. But just speak from the heart, Sam. But I just, I, you know me. Like as soon as I get distracted, look, look at this. We're having a conversation about something completely else, something different. I have to like have something to keep me focused. You got this, bro. All right. It's like a syllabus. Yeah. <laughs> So with the Chargers thin at corner in a working run game for the Lions, the Lions will be able to go deep with Jones and Galladay for some big plays downfield. And they are going to cover the three points. They are going to win the game outright. They're going to start undefeated through two games. It's going to happen. Undefeated. Don't give up (laughs) on this team yet, guys. Don't give up on them. It's going to happen. No lock because my locks never work out. But it's going to happen. It's going to be fun. And we're going to be talking about a Lions victory next episode. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. But I'm yeah, we're probably wrong. Yeah. I'm going to pick yeah. the Lions probably every game unless it gets pretty out of control. So. so those were the picks. Turn the music off. We'll just move on. Beer grades. Yes. We do have some beer grades. I'm sorry. I didn't know if you forgot. No, well, we forgot to get Ryan's, but it wasn't a Michigan. Forget to get Ryan's. 
It doesn't so. really count. It's not a Michigan beer. Exactly. So, Kyle, since you're you're hyped up on the the beer grades, how about you give give your beer grade? This is a good beer. I feel like Old Nation to me is kind of like Arvon to to Micah. <laughs> so uh, you own it. You have thirty percent stake sorry. in the company. Besides the ownership <laughs> stake. Yes. <laughs> I, I am proud of you, Kyle. <laughs> um, Hellas Lager, Old Nation. 8.6. Ooh, that's a good score. Yeah. I would write home about that. <laughs> You're just going to write home. I would. That one I would. <laughs> that's something to write home about. Yes, yes. There we go. <laughs> you guys should try. It's very good. It's really good. Mike, is your beer something to write home about? Oh. Or it's not even a beer. Remind people what you're drinking. Yeah, it's not exactly a beer. It's the Coppercraft Distillery. Gin and tonic in a can. There's a lot of gin in here, a little bit of time. <laughs> it's a crafted premium cocktail. Uh, 10% alcohol by volume. That's very nice. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's potent. I'm gonna, it, it is potent. I, it would be better if it were a hot day, honestly. Yeah. Probably over the rocks in the glass. I'm drinking it out of a can on a cooler night. I'm going to give it a 7.3. I think that's about where I was. I think I was a seven five with with the copper crafts, but um, I, I think those are solid. I really do. I agree with you though. It's it's just different, and it's hard to drink a cocktail out of a can. It's interesting. It's yeah, a little different to me. I have a hard time with it. I'm sure there's people that love this stuff and good for them, but yeah, I, I guess don't know. it makes it easy. Yeah, just just have it in a can, you know. Yeah. yeah. Same right, so- the same one. Did you do gin and tonic as well? I actually did a dual. I did uh, because they're pretty pricey, so I didn't want to spend a whole lot. But I did one can of gin and tonic and one can of the whiskey lemonade. I think it was. Yes, I remember that now. And okay. I kind of averaged out the grades. I think so. Um, but today I am drinking Bush Wookie IPA, um, from Arvon Brewing. It's dry hopped with Chinook. Chinook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's good. It's it's little piney. It's good. They they say on the can it's piney, <laughs> it's good. resinous good. West Coast style mm-hmm. IPA. I'm gonna go with a eight four. I think I'm always right. It's high. Eight, eight's high. Up there. Yeah, I lo- I really like this Arvon beer. I really truly do. Do you buy that at that at Wonderland by your house? No, I actually Where did you find it. I went to Arvon. Were, were you here last? episode i thought no you weren't so i um yeah so they have like be, like can releases every saturday or maybe every other saturday or something that's like that kind of my question is that the only place to get it as no far okay. as that mike is saying no like you've seen it in in beer stores yeah places like siciliano's on the northwest side uh de Schuler's, that's out kind of like 44th and byron center area a, a little bit more upscale um, liquor stores you can yeah, find okay. it at, but they're 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 can release days. You know, on every Saturday or every other Saturday or whatever their schedule is, you can definitely find some of it. Yep. Nice, nice. Yeah. So keep an eye out for it. if if people are looking for it. Like it's it's very good beer. I'm I'm very happy with it. Um, and then they do have that tap room that we mentioned last episode. So, and they're also going to be in an IPA competition with 
seven or eight other breweries around town coming up. Nice. Can I be a, a, a grader? How do I, how do I get on that committee? No, got to be able to pronounce Chinook or whatever I was trying to do. <laughs> failed. I failed. Missed my opportunity. <laughs> failed me. Well, let's just get out of here. You guys ready to call it a night? Because I am. Yeah, it was a good episode. Cool. I thought it was fun. I mean, yeah, for all the good. negativity that was going around, like, it was a fun episode. And I'm feeling pretty good with these beers, so... Um, I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank you guys for recording. Obviously, really thank thank you, Ryan. I don't know if you're going to be listening. I'm yeah, that was big. Right home, but to come and clutch from Switzerland, <laughs> that's, that's that's a big cool. deal. That's I mean, pretty cool. Yeah. He texted us and he said he made the bus ride. <laughs> Dude, that went so fast. Like, I, I did not realize what was going on. I thought that he was quick. another hour, but um, good. I'm glad he made his bus. Otherwise, Jill would probably come over and <laughs> punch me. Um, but hey, thank you guys again for recording and thank you everybody for listening. This was episode 20. Big, you know, it's a pretty big milestone for us. We were pretty excited about it. Uh, but we're going to keep rolling. We're going to keep this thing going and, and have some fun. Um, be ready for episode 21. It'll be coming at you next week, if not sooner. So we'll talk to you then. Thank you guys. See ya.